China, Taiwan, US, Russia, as if 2022 wasn't bizarro enough. We got that to talk about this week. Gold looks good again. Where's all my oil experts at? Where's my $100? Is this the new floor oil experts at? We'll get into that with Mr. Nick Hodge. We'll talk Alex Jones. We'll talk about the brilliance of the Inflation Reduction Act brought to you by the brilliant Biden administration. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is therapy session number 180, otherwise known as Bizarro World. Senor Hodge, como estas? Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes, Gerardo. Uh, muy bien, y tú? Muy, muy bien. Doing well, fighting the good fight, as I told you, off air, uh, pushing through, you know, all the things, and uh, happy to be here. I look forward to these, as you know, so it's good to be here. Um, let's start with oil. You tweeted earlier, and I thought it was uh, appropriate. You said, where's all my $100 is the new floor oil experts at? And I thought it... Uh, I, I, I thought it made a good point, not just to pick on the so-called experts, right? Because we have 400 PhDs that work for the Fed that didn't see inflation coming. Now inflation's enemy number one. And now they're saying they'll continue to hike aggressively no matter what happens. And frankly, the bond market's calling bullshit, right? So we'll get into that part. But let's talk about experts and the oil experts and the contrarian signal that is consensus, right? Yeah, I mean, oil hasn't been as high as it was in March at $125 a barrel. And um, you can talk about OPEC and you can talk about uh, supply and demand. But really what you've got to talk about is is recession and, and commodities selling off. So when you get gas at five or six dollars a gallon and then you get oil at one hundred and twenty five dollars a barrel, that um, exacerbates recession, you know, even worse than, than it would have been. Right. You, you think back to March, the yield curve was inverting. We knew that recession was coming and, and high oil prices just um, sort of put the nail in that coffin, right? You can't have people paying $6 a gallon and also putting food on the table and also paying for childcare and also doing X, Y, and Z. And so um, it was pretty easy to see that the oil prices couldn't maintain that level. And certainly that they couldn't continue screaming higher like many so-called experts were saying was going to happen. And so um, not to say that, you know, I'm an oil expert, but I did sell oil stocks, you know, while they were on their way up, not while they were on their way down. And so um, just staying in tune with, I think, uh, the ebb and flow of the market is is important and, and knowing that um, trees don't grow to the sky, whatever that tree is. In this case, it was oil. And it just seemed to me like there were a lot of Johnny come lately's in the space that once oil got to 120, they were calling for 150, $200 a barrel. And it was pretty easy to see that uh, an economic slowdown was coming and that wasn't going to be the case. Somebody tweeted that stocks jumped higher this week on fears of recession and World War Three. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, and it's, it's slowing earnings growth, which uh, we can get into. But I mean, yeah, the S&P earnings were halfway through them and they're the worst since the Q4 of 2020. And um, yeah, you got whatever, all the stuff you talked about in the beginning, right? Ongoing Russian war, Europe getting ready for winter. I'm sure we'll get into some of these topics in this podcast, but um you know, stocks and, you know, to be fair, stocks re relatively haven't gone up this week. They started uh, last week when you would have watched this, you know, the early part of the week, they closed down marginally, not a lot, we, not these big point down days like we've had. But um, you certainly had um, stocks run up since mid-June. So it's sort of an epic 
uh, bear market rally, as it were. If you if you look at the chart, they've they've they're just now knocking on the door. I'm talking about the S and P now. Uh, you know where they've really got to put up or shut up. And I continue to believe that the the broader indices are going to shut up. Well, let's talk about the dollar a little bit because I continue to believe this is the the, the recent pullback. It's right below the 106 level now. I continue to believe we're going to have another big capital allocation into the U.S. dollar in the not too distant future. Um, bond yields are down. Curve, <laughs> the, the, the inverted curves, the 69 curves continue to 69 almost on a daily basis. Volatility is lower and gold looks fantastic. I'm sure some of that is because of the gold or the, the dollar index coming down a bit, but it, it's been on pretty solid volume. So Dollar strength, dollar weakness. Are you bearish? Are you bullish? Where do you where do you stand on that one? You know what I think. It's interesting. I mean, you know, cleanest dirty shirt is what you're going to say. And um, if we continue to be in a recession and, and in a bear market, which I believe we're going to be in both for a couple of more quarters here, then um, the dollar is where it's at. Look, I need dollars to pay for my kid's school, which starts here in a couple of months. I need dollars to pay for this house I just bought. I need dollars to pay off um, this pool that I. Uh, you know, built over the past couple of, of months here and, and, and people are in the same boat. It sort of speaks to the wealth effect, right? You don't feel as rich as you did uh, a couple of months ago. And, and when you're feeling that way, you want your hands on those dollars. You want them in your bank account and and, and other people um, are feeling the same way. And so bullish on the on the dollar for sure. Um, and it, it's interesting about gold, like um, we had the bounce, which we talked about off 1675. And here we are back to positive for the year. I mean, um, not hugely positive for the year, but anything really above 1805, 1808 is, is positive for the year for gold. It's handily outperforming the S&P and um, looks like it wants to continue going high, higher. Even the, the, the related equities have had a bounce, though they've still got a, a while to bounce before they're in breakout territory. But you could get, get into that thing that you've long said, the dollar rising, gold rising, and especially if um, longer term duration yields continue to fall. You mentioned the inverted yield curve. Well, uh, the longer term duration, the 10 years, the 20 years uh, continue to come down. I mean, they have their updates here and there, but on the whole, um, they sort of uh, peaked out as well. And you've got the shorter term um, rising high. I mean, you can even look at some inversion among like three month yields on, on T-bills, for example. So, um Recession and, 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 and bear market are going to continue. And I think that's good for the dollar first um, and then gold second. You know, I was looking again, and we've talked about this before when the last time the Fed raised rates in, in 2015 and then what gold did in 2016. Uh, you had the GDXJ of like 150 percent in a couple of months. And I can yeah. see that happening. I'm not sure that happens uh, this summer uh, or even this fall, but certainly into the winter and into, and into 2023. I think you get that sort of gold environment. I've been very amused with Twitter this week um, and, and statements, right? The, the Trumpster is back. He had me cracking up earlier this week. I mean, Trump being Trump, but we'll talk about his endorsement of Eric a little bit later on. It was classic Trump. And say what you say about that guy. He's entertaining as all hell. The other one that's entertaining is Elon Musk. Lucid, speaking of earnings, Lucid reported earnings, right? And uh, an analyst uh, tweeted that, you know, they missed 2Q badly or Q2 badly, and Elon Musk tweeted, I had more kids in Q2 than they made cars. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is the best billionaire troll on the planet, man. You say what you say about him, think what you think. A lot like Donald Trump. 
Say what you say. He's entertaining as all hell. Um, I want to talk about Trump a little bit. Did you see that? Did you see the... uh, the, No. (laughs) No. All right. So there's two MAGA candidates, both named Eric, right? Um, In Missouri's Republican primary for the Senate. And Donald Trump sent out an official Donald Trump statement saying, I endorse Eric. Eric has my... (laughs) Eric has my complete and total endorsement, right? But he didn't specify which Eric, you know, Eric Schmidt or Eric Greitens. And so both of these chumps, they decide they need to start licking boots and try to get that endorsement. And Trump did what Trump does. He loved it up. He said he told one of his staff members um, that the president thought it was a thing of beauty and too goddamn funny to endorse Eric in the Missouri primary. And then to watch two MAGA candidates, both named Eric, scramble to claim his favor. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I think it's classic Trump. Politics aside, that guy is entertaining as all hell. You think, um, I'll talk politics for a little bit. It's not my favorite topic. But do you think Trump runs in in, in the, the 2024 presidential election? If he's alive, I mean, look, this is an overweight late 70s man running around in the middle of multiple pandemics. You know, like, I don't know that he'll be alive in 2024. If he is, I think his ego is too big not to. And I think, frankly, look, you know, like my father just passed. If you're going to go anytime soon and you think, you know, that might be happening. What a great way to go. Get elected twice. Right. And, you know, that man craves power and, and he needs his ego stroked. And there's nothing that's going to give him that more than running for president of the United States against the wishes of half of his party, which clearly don't want him to run again because of all of the negative baggage that comes with Donald Trump. Right. That's what People I was just... still under indictment and investigation for like multiple things. And we just it's so commonplace now to have Donald Trump under investigation for a litany of things and a Part of that is the Democrats' fault because they want to investigate him for everything, right? Same way they try to do Hillary on the other side. And so you just kind of become desensitized to it as a citizen, as a voter. But he is still under indictment, multiple indictments, being investigated by very serious committees. He seems to be bulletproof on that front. And again, the ego is too big. I do think he runs in 2024 if he's around. Yeah, I wonder how many challengers he's going to get, you know. Uh, six months ago, I would have said, you know, he's the he's probably the presumptive nominee. But it seems like his um, brand is is wearing off a little bit for some of the reasons you mentioned. You know, even Fox News, he was given a speech the other day and, and yeah. Pence was giving a, a sort of a competing speech. And Fox News aired the Pence speech and, and not the Trump speech. And then um, I saw Dick Cheney, who is still alive, <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> Made a video today about, you know, Liz and, and how that, she, you know, she won't back down from a fight and, and it's good to stand up for the truth, talking about the election and, and, and the January 6th stuff and uh, basically saying that, you know, Trump's time has has gone and he's not the, the leader of the party. So there's definitely some infighting over there. Um, gosh, I hope it's just someone new that rises up on either side. Speaking of health, I think Biden has COVID definitely for a second time, maybe a third time I saw before we started recording. That's like the trifecta three times in a row. And 
Um, I just think people are done with that guy. I think he's made his bed as the as the Jimmy Carter of of this era. And um, the stuff I see coming out of the administration is just complete lies and deflection. Man, bragging about gas prices falling when they're when they're still up significantly, calling this the Inflation Reduction Act, telling us the it's not a recession. Inflation Reduction it's, Act, on. where you're going to increase taxes and also simultaneously run up the budget and also simultaneously put more money into the system and then call it the inflation reduction act. Like, who are you talking to? Like, like who is, who is, who is giving you these messages to try and communicate? You're already not the best communicator. We can forgive that in a politician, but to just blatantly lie to the people as if they are stupid children, not even children, dumb children. It's just insulting to say the least. Right. I, I will say this. The one thing that him, or that his administration did very well, and credit to him on this one, is uh, killing Ayman al-Zawahiri, right? Which was one of the masterminds of 9-11. It's just one guy who was chilling on his porch and got a Hellfire missile landed. But he is dead. Somebody somebody put an article up that said, who was this guy? I said, he was alive. Fucked <laughs> <laughs> around and found out, right? It's the one thing the U.S. does well is run up a military budget, and kill some people, a lot of innocent people. But in this case, glad to see that guy gone. For sure. And I almost think that, you know, they said they were tracking this guy for a while and he had his little routine on the balcony. It seems uh, <laughs> the timing was necessary for the Biden administration to serve as a bit of a distraction from everything else that was going on. And uh, to be frank, it was short lived. I mean, that guy is uh, 9-11 was 20 some years ago. And so, yeah, kudos. You got him. That's it. But, you know, I don't think it is for Biden what like killing Osama was for no. Obama. Right. And no. So no. I think that news story is, is it's actually it's already worked its way through the system. Like, I'll be frank, I didn't even know who that guy was, if I'm being honest. So I think a lot of people are in that boat. But back back to the Inflation Reduction Act. Um yeah, it's disingenuous to call it that. Now, that's not to say it's a bad bill, and it's not to say that we don't need the things that are in it, the support for nuclear, the support for clean tech, all that stuff, but call it what it is. I mean, call it an energy bill, a tax and spend energy bill. Don't lie to my face when you've got all these independent bodies out there telling me that it's going to increase costs and that it's not ta- it's not tax neutral for the first couple of years. I mean, um, come on. And so... Yeah, for that reason, I think that that people are definitely jaded with the Biden administration, for sure. They make it hard to root for them, even when they put together a bill that is actually, like you said, it's a good bill. There's some really good things in there. You know, the, wanting to bring drug prices down. That's one of the biggest monopolies in the in, in, in the country right now is, is pharmaceutical companies being able to charge $2,000 for a pill that costs 10 cents to make, right? And so there's so many good things in this bill if you actually go through some of the talking points. But don't tell me that it's it's deficit neutral. Frankly, I don't care at this point. Just get some get some good things done. There's some manufacturing initiatives in there, some clean energy initiatives in there. There's a couple some of other nuclear. things. Like, some nuclear. I really actually like the bill. But man, do they make it hard to root for them? Do they make it hard to root for them? I tell you who's not to root who's not hard to root for is John Stewart. We were talking about the 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 uh, the Pact Act last week and and the opposition from the Republican side and you know to John Stewart and and and, and those veterans families credit they said they weren't leaving Washington until the Republicans came back and voted on it and they finally voted on it and passed it and days later you can go on the Veterans Affairs website and all of a sudden these veterans can finally get the attention and the care they deserve decades later 
and, and too late for a lot of them, by the way. Several, several, several people have died as a result of lack of care. Several have been bankrupted. But better late than never. And so kudos to John Stewart. Easy to root for that guy. Oh, yeah. When you're standing in front of the Capitol building calling the senators cowards and motherfuckers on multiple occasions. I mean, that's good stuff. Like you said last week, uh, speaking truth to power. And then uh, Mr. Stewart went on Meet the Press this past weekend, which I happened to catch. And uh, I mean, he was just laying it out there. You know, Ted Cruz made a couple of re rebuttal videos and I'm no fan of Mr. Cruz. And, um, you know, John Stewart was saying, no, that's completely, again, disingenuous, right? That he voted for this bill. These Republicans voted for this bill uh, once already. And then they were trying to say that the bill changed and that it was, you know, allocating pork and this and that. And it was the same bill that they had already voted once Verbatim. for. It was word complete, for word was the exact same bill they had just voted for temper tantrum because they, um, you know, mansion flipped or whatever on the on the Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, still isn't through. We'll see. Again, I, I don't really like wading into the tit for tat politics, but, you know, Miss Miss Cinema uh, uh, is, is apparently not happy with some of the tax provisions in there. And so we'll see if that one could even get done. Let's keep it to politics. Um, we talked about Roe versus Wade being overturned. We talked about the lack of access to abortions and, and, and you know, women not being able to make their own healthcare decisions. The very first state just voted on whether or not abortions should be allowed or made illegal. And that was Kansas. And Kansas, for those of you that are outside the country or different part of the world, um, is a very, very Republican conservative state. And they overwhelmingly voted against changing the Constitution to make abortion illegal. The vote was 58.9% to 41.1%, a difference of almost 200,000 votes. That came as a shocker to a lot of people on the right, a lot of conservatives that thought this is a great starter case that's going to set up a domino effect with states around the country. Looks like it may have backfired. Um, very interesting to me that, you know, Kansas of all places overwhelmingly said, no, we're not going to make abortion illegal. No, you're not going to take the decision away from woman. Um, find somebody else to pick on. That could that, that, that could have big implications for the midterms that are coming up. Yeah, I don't know what the implications are, but it was it was good to see. And, you know, I think people are, are, are of the mind where, you know, they don't want the government to regulate uh, their bodies. They don't want the government to regulate their freedoms. It's that sort of age old thing about, you know, third parties and independence. Right. Like, um, yeah. uh, you know, I like the, the fiscal conservative part of things. But, yes. dude, stay out of my personal life and my vagina and don't tell me what drugs I can smoke and and all that sort of stuff. Right. So. Yep. Uh, social liberal, uh, fiscal conservative. And, and I think people on the whole do sort of fall that way. And they've been forced to choose between um, two parties that don't allow a, a lot of wiggle room on, on either side of those things. And um, as you've seen the, the, not the juxtaposition, but as you've seen people get entrenched on the extremes mm -hmm. of those issues all the way to, you know, turning over Roe versus Wade at the Supreme Court, I think people are saying, nah, like that's not the direction we want to go. Like, and and people, that's people make it for yeah, themselves. No, yeah. And that's where I see the implications for the midterms. There were so many candidates on the right that immediately embraced the overturning of Roe versus Wade and made it a primary campaign issue going into the midterms. I think they thought they were pandering to their base, 
And maybe they really feel that way. But now that Kansas has voted against this, if this is going to be a trend in other conservative states, a lot of those Republican candidates better start pivoting and, and embracing, you know, I'm against abortion, but women should have the right to make their own decisions, right? Because you can be against, you, you can you can have both positions. The extreme position of absolutely not, we're going to make everything illegal, doesn't matter if it's cases of rape or incest, you know, I'm pro-life. And, and it, that, that could have implications for the midterms. We'll see how these candidates fare. Um, here over the next couple of months. But I thought I thought it was interesting for a conservative state like Kansas to vote overwhelmingly against making abortion illegal. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to change topics, but stay on politics. So I told you on this podcast several, several, several uh, issues ago about the guy from Arizona who won his primary, the guy that uh, Peter Thiel was backing, Blake Masters. Yep. And then I was going to mention... Um, here in Washington, we've got, um, Senator Patty Murray, who was like 70 something years old. She's been in office for a long ass time. And, um, there's this, um, young woman running against her named Tiffany Smiley, whose, uh, commercials locally are all about how, uh, basically we just got to get rid of career politicians and she's gaining significant traction here in Washington. So the red wave, blue wave, I don't care. It's it's more about new blood for me. And I think you're going to see some some new blood come out of these uh, elections here over the next couple of months. I absolutely agree. Um, I want to laugh this week because it's been a tough couple of weeks for me. Uh, did you see the Alex Jones <laughs> fuckery with his attorneys? <laughs> for those yeah. of you not familiar, for those of you not familiar, Alex Jones is an Austin-based shock not even jock, just a shop uh, TV and radio personality who has gone out of his way to really embrace, you know, white supremacists and conspiracy theories. And really speaking to the point that we were just talking about people being so entrenched and polarized and just, you know, sticking to their, their tribe. Alex Jones has been one of the people that has done a very effective job of dividing people against each other and putting them in you know, you're either in this box or you're in that box. There's no gray area. So much so that after the Sandy Hook massacre, where something like 26 children or 21 children, I get all my school shootings confused because in America, we have so many where babies were slaughtered. But it, 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 to the point that after those kids were murdered, he went on his radio show and, 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 and started telling everybody that it was a hoax, that they were actors, that those kids weren't real that the parents weren't real and so i have zero sympathy for this guy i wish this guy all the reciprocity in the world to attack grieving parents and then to 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 weaponize your audience against parents that had just lost their children has to be one of the most vile things that you can do as a human being right and so he he he, he was dealt a severe blow earlier this year um when when a a jury voted or just ruled against them and told him he's got to pay 150 million in damages to these families for the trauma that they went through that he inflicted that he caused and so he's on trial now to see how much of that he's actually going to have to pay and he's sitting there on the stand and it was just it was so good it was comical right if it wasn't so tragic for the parents but he's sitting there on the stand and the attorney for 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 their the prosecution is, is 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 asking him whether or not he's ever sent text messages about Sandy Hook. 
and and the massacre and you know disparaging messages and he says no and the attorney goes that's just a lie and he goes i i've never sent any text messages he goes eh. so the attorney tells him do you want to know why i know it's a lie <laughs> because your attorney accidentally sent me every single text message from your telephone for the past 2 years <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put we'll put a link to the clip to see Alex Jones start sweating profusely, his eyes lit up, and I can't wait to see what's in those text messages. It's two years of now legally admissible discovery that will allow everyone, unless the judge decides not to make them public, but will allow at least the attorneys and the families to go through those text messages. I got to believe there's some famous personalities that are probably scared right now about what's going to be leaked because I can't believe that Alex Jones is the only nutcase um, willing to embrace these crazy theories. And clearly not because so many of these families were harassed by a lot of the Alex Jones followers over the years. It's despicable. It's disgusting. It's nasty. I'm glad to see that man squirm. And I, I hope he has everything coming to him that he deserves. I saw someone say that um, hopefully his lawyers are also representing the Secret Service. Maybe we'd be able to find those texts. That is hilarious. I saw somebody else say that um, maybe his lawyers are just good humans. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? You deserve this. Let me give this to you. Um, he was turning red, though, for sure. It, 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 it was fun to see him squirm. I can't, I, can't, uh, I, I can't say I didn't take pleasure in it. So, yeah, I'll leave that there. What else is going on? It's been a busy news week. Um, Brianna Taylor. Now, we've talked about Brianna Taylor. We talked about a young lady that was sleeping in her home next to her boyfriend when her door was kicked in in the middle of the night. Um, the boyfriend believed there were intruders because nobody announced that they were officers and there was no reason for them to be there. And, and, and eventually, the officers murdered Brianna Taylor and the gentleman that was laying next to her, um, you know, shot, I believe, one or two of the officers. But Breonna Taylor ends up dead, bottom line. And look, the state refused to prosecute these officers. The only officer that was ever charged with anything was an officer that fired a bullet that ended up in another apartment. That officer was charged for what essentially is a property crime, right? Damage to property. So you have a dead woman who did nothing wrong a uh, young, beautiful, you know, professional woman that was working just to live the American dream and have a better life, right? And working hard at that. Now we find out that the four officers that participated in that no-knock raid that ends up killing Breonna Taylor falsified statements to get the warrant. They shouldn't have been in there. The person they were looking for wasn't even in there, didn't even live there anymore. And so you have, again... Another dead American killed by American police officers and to find out that they falsified evidence to the degree now that we know or it looks like it's alleged they falsified evidence. I'm glad that the Fed stepped in and said, no, you guys are getting prosecuted for this. I don't care how much your fucking governor covers up for you. That's not going to fly. And again, I wish equal reciprocity to those officers as well. Everything they have coming. Well, last week we talked about the 
uh, George Floyd case and the, the additional police officers that were charged there. And I said, the tide seems to be turning for holding police accountable. And, and here just a week later, you have another um, really big case. I and mean, both these cases are what fueled the protest, the, the people in the streets in, in, in 2020, the Black Lives Matter protests that were in cities. And, and in fact, not just across the country, but across the world. And so um, the veil is really being pulled back on these police, right? Um, um, like you said, but it's worth repeating. I mean, they're falsifying information. They were using uh, the quote here is false, misleading and out of date information to acquire the um, the the authority to go do this no knock warrant. And so, um, you know, I, I've long said it and, and I continue to the, the, the policing institution in America is rotten. It's a failed institution. And we see it in case after case that these guys weren't um, going in there to. Um, uh, on anything that was legitimate, right? They made up, in fact, a reason to, to go into yes. this house and then someone ends up dead. And, and, and that's a culture thing, man. If you think this is a, an isolated case, then you are, you are naive. And so yeah. this is going on across the country and um, police are, are falsifying reports all the time. They're, they're planning evidence all the time and it's time to clean it up. And, um, you know, kudos to this Justice Department. You've got to continue holding these police accountable because, um, it, it's reached and talk about extremes. I mean, the, the policing and unaccountability in this country has reached an extreme and it's time to rein them in. Uh, they work for us. We pay their salaries and um, you can't be going around making up reasons to go uh, invade people's homes and, and shooting people without any accountability. Certainly that weren't involved in any crimes. And so I'm um, glad to see it. Yep. Hope they're held up to the, to the full extent of the law. Agree. It's a little disheartening that it's the Justice Department that's having to act in so many of these cases because the state won't, right? And again, it just speaks to how corrupt and how entrenched the 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 the, the corruption and the cover-up culture is 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 you know alive in this country. It's it's the Justice Department, and uh, again, maybe one day we'll figure out who else out of uh, Mr. Epstein's friends uh, were pedophiles, right? And and were trafficking young girls. Um, and, and raping young women. And I still can't believe that that hasn't gone anywhere. I still can't believe it's 2022. And here we are with one woman in prison for 17 years, or however much time she got. And we know nothing else about anyone else. So this is a global sex trafficking ring. We don't have one other name yet, but again, back, back to the kudos. Kudos to the Justice Department on this. Go get the Epstein people and then go figure out something that Hunter Biden did wrong just so we could be equal on both sides of it. <laughs> saw a video of him this past week. Oh, man. I mean, look, man, he, he had a couple girls in there. He was, he, was, he, was, he was doing his thing. He was, you know, hitting the pipe. I mean, technically, with the stuff in the video, he wasn't really doing anything that I think should be illegal if we're being frank, right? If, if, if you want to sell sex for a living and it's consensual, have at it. That's your problem, not mine. If you want to smoke crack, Smoke crack. That's not, you know, that's not anything I have an issue with. Obviously, the implication is that with all the vulnerabilities, he was, you know, prone to be to be blackmailed. And because of his ties, obviously, to the president and and then senator, it, it's yes, it's dangerous. I agree. I'm not minimizing that part of it, but it's just it, 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 it's a bit comical to me. The stuff that, you know, some people get hung up on. And yeah, go get, go get Hunter Biden, too. I'm sure he's broken some laws to be to be sure. Um, and yeah, you see. Uh, anyway, the media <laughs> just seems to ignore him less than they ignored the um, the the Trump brethren. Um, yeah, and that's why I bring it up. Absolutely. 
and you know I'm, I'm no fan of either so yeah they should either. you know cover that case not case but they should cover those antics a little bit more they're definitely uh, avoided in the, in the in the mainstream press it's all the stuff the media loves right you got drugs you got girls you got nudity i mean you got the president's son smoking crack you yep. got the president's son going into trap houses to get some crack i mean you can't make this up. If this was a Chappelle skit, people would say, okay, Chappelle, you took it too far. That's not believable. <laughs> <laughs> they would say it's not believable. They would say you took it too far. So yeah, no, so somebody go cover that. And while we're at it, let's talk about Brittany Griner. She was just sentenced. This is the WNBA star that had 0. 0.07 grams of cannabis oil in a pen in Russia and was just sentenced to nine years for for cannabis oil clearly it's you know a ploy by russia to get back someone that for whatever reason is very close to them that gentleman is known as the merchant of death there's a great movie based on his life character played by nicholas cage that's entertaining as all heck and semi-documentary um on 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 this man's you know weapons trafficking history and <laughs> funny not funny but when you look at this guy like sometimes you can look at a person and just know, like you should probably leave that one alone. You should probably leave that one alone. Like you, you know, if you see him at a bar, like you should probably just have manners and leave that one alone, right? <laughs> he looks like the merchant of death. He absolutely <laughs> plays the part in every picture I've seen. He, he looks like the prototypical Russian weapons trafficker. But look, Russia wants him back. They're using Brittany Griner as leverage. Biden has supposedly approved of a prisoner swap that would allow Brittany Griner to come home and give Mr. Victor his freedom. And obviously we're trying to add another name, Mr. Paul Whalen, who is an American consultant with technology and defense contractor ties that had three passports and, you know, happened to be in and out of Russia. He was sentenced to 17 years in jail several years ago, accused of spying. And so at this point, Brittany Griner is the face because she's the celebrity. She's right, the but she's the side star. piece. I mean, she's not important at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a, a, a good old fashioned, you give us our spy, we'll give you your spy type of situation. And let's use the celebrity as, 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 as the pawn and the leverage, right? And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I hope that young lady is allowed um, back home soon. Uh, I don't care what your take on drugs is. Nobody deserves nine years. Uh, for having a oil pen in your luggage. Yes, I understand. She's in another country. Yes, I understand they have laws. Um, but come on. Come, I mean, let, let, let's be real. We know what's going on here, right? But again, the media is running with that story. I mean, yes. God, she's she's fucking trending on Twitter every day. Like, there's not more important things that matter than uh, Brittany Griner, who no one had ever heard of before this incident. And so... Um, I am a bit tired of the the trope just being cycled around and around, especially because, as we just said, she's sort of the least important person in this prisoner menage. So um, hopefully we could just get this wrapped up and, and move on from the Brittany Griner story because it's eaten up a lot of press time that could be better allocated elsewhere. I agree. I agree. Did you have a, a China, U.S., World War Three on your 2022 bingo card? We we talked about this, I think, six months or so ago. I said, watch out for China. Watch out for Taiwan. And here goes Nancy. And I'm going to give Pelosi some credit. I agree with her on this one. 
Like, like we spend seven, eight hundred billion dollars on, on on our defense budget every year, right? In a couple of years, we're not even going to be able to service the debt. And so, what are we doing all that for? If, if if we're not willing to say, hey, look, Taiwan is an ally, we got your back on this one. We're not just going to allow China to run the board on everything. They're already kicking our ass on everything from commodities to manufacturing to IP, you name it. You can't lose on the military side of it. At the very least. You can't sell out one of your allies to what will be the next world superpower. Give it, give it seven, eight, nine years. There's no way that China with that economy and the population base and the way that they've played the game brilliantly for the past 30 years isn't going to be the leading superpower in, in the 2030s. I'm convinced of that. But you can't go quietly when we're spending $800 billion a year on a defense budget. And again, to Pelosi's credit, and I like to bash Pelosi as well because I'm no fan of her either. But I, I think she's right on this one. And I'll give the Biden administration credit. I think on this one, they're supposed to hold their ground. And yes, it, it, it probably will lead to a confrontation because China sure in the heck is not being soft on the rhetoric. They have made it pretty clear that that is the red line and that they are not Obama. If you cross that red line, there would be consequences. We're going to have to see what that is. Grave consequences, yeah. And so far, it's just been a, a military uh, display, you know, a parading around of some warplanes and, and buzzing of Taiwan airspace, uh, etc. Um, yeah, and I'm not no geopolitical analyst, so it remains to be seen. But um, I'll fall back to, to Mr. Dennis Gartman on this one, the, the two words that uh, keep us strong, at least for now. And you know what they are, Gerardo. It's aircraft carriers. <laughs> Um, so we have those and, and China doesn't and uh, the military might is, is is no match, at least right now. So um, we'll see what comes of it. And I tend to agree with you. Um, you know, if, if Nancy Pelosi wants to go to Taiwan, I don't think that there's a, uh, a reason for her not to go. Agreed. Also, if I'm the U.S. and again, I'm, I'm, I'm no geopolitical analyst or expert either, but I would want to fight the war when we're cashed up and got the best military in the world. Why wait? If, if you know that's where it's going and you think it's inevitable, why would you wait? You know, you don't want to wait till you're old and broke. You, you want to make sure you got some money to put some bags down. Like, <laughs> go, go, go do some things. So if it's going to happen, I, I just say, let's get it over with. I certainly hope it does not. I, I can give you sure. some peace and, and, and we could use some tranquility. Yeah, I said it was going to be a hot summer. I think it's going to be a hot summer every summer for the next 10 years. Wow. Oh, you talk about this fourth turning and um, some event that needs to happen for it to culminate. Uh, a war with China would certainly be one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, back to markets. Copper. Copper's back above 350. Head fake or, or, or you see some support. We got a good jobs report this past week. We got some good economic indicators that, you know, demonstrate that maybe the recession is going to be milder than a lot of people are predicting. Oh, man, we're going to have a soft landing. <laughs> I don't know about a soft landing. Those are two different things. The economy and the stock market are not the same. You know this, Nick. But yeah, w w what are your thoughts on, on copper and the base metals and, and, and where that goes? So it sort of depends on this uh, recession. It depends on how, how big China's problems are. They've had a little bit of a slowdown here recently. Um, and, and so if anything, this, this weakness in copper is a, a short-term thing having to do with that and having to do with um, the, the slowdown economically that we're having here in the U.S. If I if I look at a copper chart, um, you know, copper consolidated around this level, around the 350 level between, I don't know, call it December of 2020 and 
uh, March uh, March of, of 2021. And so uh, there's a bit of support here. It could consolidate at, at 350. And so um, that's probably a relatively fair price for copper. I think in the long term, copper heads back higher, right? We've got the uh, the electrification story that's not going anywhere. There was a, a report out from the IEA this this week or the last week of, of July talking about um, all the resources we needed for this transition, which is not a new story and something that you and I have been talking about for years. But uh, the amount of lithium and, and cobalt and copper and nickel that we need is uh, such that there has to be long-term support in the price, right? And so um, three fifty for now looks like it could consolidate around there. What I will say is um, just like gold is not gold stocks, apparently uh, copper is not copper stocks. Uh, you had a big uh, miss from, from Rio Tinto when they reported yeah. earnings. Uh, other majors like Aero Copper um, took a 10% haircut here in the past week. And so um, while the copper price can consolidate here, it's been a little bit weaker for the, the copper related equities. And so, um, in fact, I took the, 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 the liberty to sell Rio Tinto. We had been in it since 2019 in foundational profits. And so we were up about 15% more if you include that hefty dividend, which was around 6 or 7 or 8%. So um, anyway, I don't know if I really gave you an answer there, but copper looks like it could hold up around here in the long term, much higher for copper. So you've got time to get back into the equities if you want to. So it's so a bullish battery metals for sure and fuck Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of battery metals, it wouldn't be a podcast without an update from Patriot Battery Metals, but gotta give it to y'all. Um, more great news, right? They're 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 producing what looks to be or or sampling, not producing, excuse me, sampling what looks to be potentially some of the cleanest cleanest hard rock lithium out there. The news um, that we can put a link up to was one very well received, and two importantly, if you're a major looking for the kind of asset that could be transformational that can last you know, for generations. And it also happens to be in one of the best mining jurisdictions. And oh, by the way, the lithium concentrate that they're able to produce is amongst the cleanest in the hard rock lithium space. There's a lot to like there. So for anybody that's wondering, still holding, not selling, um, I'll, I'll sit till I get my $20. The lithium story is not going uh, away anytime soon. I just mentioned that IEA report. They said we need 50, yeah. 50 five 50. zero new lithium mines to come online to support the sort of um, EV forecasted growth that's 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 uh, been laid out there through like the middle of next decade. Um, yeah, what else was I going to say? Oh, you know, if you're looking for a contrarian play in the resource space or a, the cleanest dirty shirt in the in the lithium space, it, or excuse me, in the resource space, it, it's certainly lithium. I mean, um, I just mentioned the copper majors were struggling, but the the lithium majors are not struggling. You had Albemarle report earnings this week, uh, increased guidance, uh, big profit, bags, yeah, prof, <laughs> profit beat says prices are strong, and so um, that sort of lifted up the entire complex, and and that's going to be the case here going forward. You know, we continue to say it. There's no new, there's no new battery chemistries in sight. There's no uh, alternative to lithium in sight. Um, uh, the gigafactories are built to produce lithium batteries. And so um, you've got to get the inputs for those batteries. Even Elon was saying last week on the Tesla earnings call that um, uh, refining lithium is, is basically printing money. And that's a quote. He said, it's basically mm-hmm. printing money. And so um, 
these 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 uh, battery manufacturers and auto manufacturers are, are desperate for the lithium. I mean, they had Ford out a couple of weeks ago partnering with multiple people to secure supply. That might be what you were looking up there. A, a GM was the most recent one to to to, to do that. And so um, uh, we were talking about Robert Friedland a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, if 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 five or ten battery makers or automakers call in to get their 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 battery supply, it's sort of like a game of musical chairs. It's like, oh yeah, well, we'll keep that in mind and and, and we'll get back to you because there's not enough to go around. And so um, anyway, all that to say that that lithium is in a bull market. What did you want to add there? No, I just I wanted to reference the release and then just the importance of that six percent lithium spodumene concentrate grade. Right, it's important because that is the benchmark for what the majors are looking for. The reason being the GMs, the Fords, the Teslas of the world, the people that are looking for the supply, that's kind of the the, the, the threshold that you have to meet for it to make sense on the battery grade side of it. And so for that to be, you know, the initial result with the, the group that did the study, which is the top group in the space, really, really, really bullish for de-risking that project at this early on stage and look, the lithium majors are cashed up. Anything with scale out there like this is going to be bought at a substantial premium. And I can tell you, it's not going to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. The market cap right now is about 175, 200, the last that I look. Um, it, it's going to be a lot higher than that. Billions, Bs, not, not keep, Ms. You keep pounding on the table on it. I'm a, I'm a happy shareholder for sure. Got to do it. Got to do it. When it's 20 bucks, I don't want anybody telling me that, oh, I, I missed out. You said, you know, that you had already made 10 times your money or 20 times your money. Yes, I have. And, and, and I'm going to do it again if, 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 if I get this right. And with some luck, of course. But no, they're doing everything right. Results have been spectacular. Should have assays every week, I think, until at least October, September, October. And then and then we'll see how many rigs they get on there. We'll see how long this thing lasts before it's taken out at much higher prices. But it, it seems to me still like the most obvious trade to be in out there right now. And again, remains my single largest um, allocation. So, yeah, do with that what you will, people. Yep. Well, the battery metal story is not going away. We've got a new um, nickel-related story that, that we're going to start talking about here soon. And so uh, all those resources are going to be in great demand here for the next couple of decades. All good things. Anything else to add, Nick? No, I think that's it. That was a pretty uh, wide-ranging conversation, and uh, I was glad to have it as I am every week. As am I. Appreciate the therapy, sir. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode number 180 of Bizarro World. Go do something nice for you and your people out there, people. Say something nice, though, Nick. That's it. No, do the same. Uh, I'll be taking my wife to a, a concert tomorrow night and uh, we haven't been to one in a while. So uh, looking forward to that. And yeah, no, you got to spend time with the ones you love. And as we say, uh, that's an allocation you can make as well. Absolutely. Take care out there, everyone. See ya. Hey there, you independent minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one and share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.